you here yeah so i know you through my partner abigail yeah and she was a guest on your show yes um what did you all do you all did what's it called princess diaries princess diaries it's a yeah. fan fave I, episode it is yes yeah. see i i am not like a super princess diaries person <laughs> but i did listen to the episode and i really enjoyed it and i enjoy podcasts and i enjoy nostalgia yes so yeah. Yeah, was... you were very excited mm-hmm. about the opportunity to be on the show, so thank you so much for You're being welcome. here. What are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about the Lyricist Lounge show. Yes. Yes, yes we are. Um, and Lyricist Lounge, I'm excited about this topic because this is something I haven't heard of before. So yeah. this was a cool um, investigative one for me. I got to do some more research than I normally do to learn about this, and I think this is a really cool nostalgia topic specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you just give us an idea for the listeners, uh, like briefly, what is Lyricist Lounge? So Lyricist Lounge show was a show that came out, it was on MTV, I think around like 2000, only yep. did like a couple seasons, yep. but basically it's like a show that has little comedy sketches in it, mm-hmm. and it's also rappers on there who are rapping comedy sketches right it's like comedy sketches and they're just straight up rapping the sketches right know, it's it's like snl if everyone was rapping all the yes, time yes yes really interesting yep. concept yeah. like once i realized what it was i'm like it kind of blew my mind because uh-huh. it's so unique i've never seen anything like that before just for some extra background are you familiar with what originated the show before it was a show yeah so i'm i'm not super like familiar with i know what it i know it was like a a a way to kind of get independent rap artists out mm-hmm. there it was like a lyricist lounge yep group but do you know more about I, it? I found out some yeah. more so let me tell you so uh like you said you you basically nailed it so it was intended to be kind of um an underground open mic showcase for um unsigned unknown mm-hmm. hip-hop artists and it literally took place in like a loft in new york city and it was founded by Danny Castro and Anthony Marshall, who are apparently were really big back in the hip hop scene in the early 90s, um, started around 1990 and gained a ton of traction, got really popular. And they started recording the open mic sessions and released them in collections yes, that you can listen yes. to, which I listened to volume one really good. There's mm-hmm. some really cool stuff on there. Mostly artists I've never heard of, although mm-hmm. I'm not wildly knowledgeable about underground hip hop, but mostly artists I've never heard of, but really good, really cool listen. There's two main volumes, other collections as well. Uh, they were produced by Raucous Records. Yes, um, I knew it was. I knew that was a relationship. For yep. Sure. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure you're aware of Raucous Records. Mm-hmm. They're a pretty big label in the hip hop industry, specifically with a lot of up and coming artists from mm-hmm. the '90s. Um, they did recordings with Common, Eminem, Most Def, and a ton of other artists really early in their careers. Um, and this was another collection that they released uh, while they were still an independent label. Um, and then after that, that's when MTV came along. So mm-hmm. MTV heard about the show. They were pitched by the creators of Lyricist Lounge, this show concept, which, like you said, was a sketch show. So it was kind of a different take mm-hmm. on that. Still featured some underground hip hop artists, uh, but also some bigger artists, which we'll yes. get into in a little bit, yes. too. <laughs> um, 
So have you listened to the musical recordings as well? Are you familiar with the volumes? I, I and feel the like collections? I've, I've heard one of the volumes like a long time ago. I okay. remember like kind of like I have an album cover in my brain, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not really familiar with it. Like yeah. I didn't like sit that, that that wasn't something I listened to a lot. Okay. Up. Okay. Well, let's talk about the show a little bit more. So like we said, really unique concept. Mm-hmm. And I thought that the theme song to the show really summarized the concept very well. Yes. I wanted to play the theme song for yes. you. Um, just as a little reminder. So let's <laughs> listen to it. Yo, check it out, yo. Where we at? We have the Lyricist Little Show. It's with rapping, laughing, and acting. Lights, camera, action. We the first ones to ever place a sketch to a beat. The avenue is street for hip-hop and comedy meet. Yo, it's going down at fun theme song right yes yeah, really fun and you remembered gets you it pumped. gets you pumped <laughs> and you're singing along with it so you remember it yes. it's in the memory bank for you um and it describes what the show is so mm-hmm. it, you know it's rapping and acting <laughs> and doing sketches something that i thought was really cool too is there's a lot of talented faces that people probably recognize now in mainstream yes. culture. Tracy Ellis Ross. Yes. My I favorite Napo was, baby. Is... Um, Tracy's uh, first show, yep. I believe. Yeah. She's very young in it. I found, mm-hmm. I dug out some clips with her in it. Also, Heather McDonald is in it too. She's a, she's one of those comedians where I feel like if you saw her in something, you'd be like, oh yeah, she's in things. And yeah, like you know that face. Totally. And she, mm-hmm. this also was her first show. Um, but beyond that, lots of famous rappers are yes. in this. Can you name some of the rappers that come to mind that are in the show? Ones that really stick out um as most deaf was mm-hmm. on it snoop dogg was mm-hmm. on it um erica badu was yep. on there the brat mm-hmm. i'm trying to think of yeah slick rick pops up slick rick is in there yep he's on my list yeah i don't i don't there know. was another there's one i watched with CeeLo. CeeLo oh Green. yes 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 um and also q-tip Makes mm-hmm. a couple appearances on the show as well. But you got most of my list. Common also. Yes, appears, Common. Yeah, yes. Also I like that skit a lot. Again, the crossover with Rockus Records. Some of the performing artists is from the, the record label appeared mm-hmm. on the show. And yeah, I feel like a lot of people, this is a tangent here, but yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't know like early CeeLo. Like they, I feel like they're familiar yes. with, um, you know, crazy CeeLo right. and not the rap. I certainly CeeLo. am. Yeah, you know, I, like, I mean, I liked Gnarls Barkley. I liked, mm-hmm. I mean, people know fuck you and like yes. the songs that he had in like the two, 2010s kind mm-hmm. of but i honestly wasn't familiar with his rap career and his the sketch of his that i watched um he was in a prison yes yeah <laughs> he's coming through and just spitting real fast yeah yeah he started off with like outcast and, and all of them all mm-hmm. came up together so yeah i love CeeLo. um and the snoop dogg sketch i i watched a couple sketches so the snoop dogg sketch um he's robbing a bank mm-hmm. um but is mistaken as a hostage so he gets let go yeah um it was pretty funny <laughs> i watched another sketch with erica badu and she's like a spy it's like a mission impossible mm-hmm. themed and they're in a bar that one isn't was... it her in most her yes most death, most death is also same, in it uh, one yes yes good memory wow you really got this in <laughs> I, the memory bank i, I used you? to record these on vhs's and amazing and rewatch yeah i so love that I that's was all in. incredible we'll talk more about that when we get to some nostalgia um also like there's some ensemble members of the cast of course too beyond uh 
Tracy Ellis Ross, there's some rappers, Wordsworth mm-hmm. and Baby Power, of the mm-hmm. two main rappers in the ensemble. Uh, so they show up in most of the episodes kind of as supporting rappers to yes. the stars who are on the show. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What else do I want to talk about? Like you said, only ran for about one and a half-ish seasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was very limited. And when I was researching the show... This is essentially kind of lost to time. It's never yes. been released on a box set. Mm-hmm. You can't really find many clips online. I tried doing like some even like research on Reddit and there wasn't much on there either. Yeah, it's all like random YouTube videos that some random person threw up poor quality. Yes. That's all you can find. <laughs> it was like very poor quality stuff. It was really interesting. Like the very low quality 2000s type cable television uh-huh. recordings. Yep. There's also, like, some freestyle portions of the show, too, where they would give rappers an opportunity to just spit bars and mm-hmm. perform, and it wasn't all scripted. Um, do you remember any of those? Yes, I, I feel like I used to look forward to that so much. Um, like, the end of the show was just kind of, like, a celebration, and, like, everybody from the cast is just mm-hmm. out there. They're all together. They got the beat playing, and everybody just going around freestyling. Like, whoever mm-hmm. jumps in... And is ready to freestyle. They mm-hmm. just go, and I, I feel like that. I feel like I, that carried with me and to my creativity and stuff. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's almost like the end of again SNL, where it's like they bring yeah. everyone on stage, yep. and, but they add in the freestyle element. And it was really cool. I was only able to find a clip of Snoop Dogg doing yes. it. Yes. He kills it. Yes. He kills it in his freestyle. He does. Unsurprisingly. I mean, yeah. this was like peak Snoop Dogg <laughs> around 2000. So it really checks out that he was good. But oh, yeah. Um, so let's talk about a little bit why you picked this show as mm-hmm. your topic. You know, I, I always say I let my guests pick whatever they want. And you gave me this idea. And I was like, this is so cool. It's something I've never heard of. Why does this stick out to you as something that's nostalgic? I, I feel like, you know, it's one of those things that instantly puts me back in the basement at my mom's house. Mm-hmm. Like, and like I was saying, like VHS tape in, in there, in the cassette player. And I'm just like waiting for the show to come on so <laughs> I can hit record. Um, and it, I think it sparked a lot of creativity in me. I think it opened me up to, to like the ways you can be creative and goofy you know, with, with rapping. Cause so, so much of the rap is like hard and, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like this was the, a lot of the rappers and the sketches and comedy, it just allowed people to just have a lot of fun with yeah. whatever they were doing. Yeah. Know? And I think that hip hop and rap allows for a lot of humor mm-hmm. or it can. Yes. Oh yes. Um, and this is a really cool example of that. And it's cool that you know, to see rappers like Snoop Dogg, who were very famous at the time, mm-hmm. being willing to go on a show like this and be mm-hmm. a little silly and not necessarily be very serious. Yes. When a serious culture is also a really big part of, of hip hop mm-hmm. and rap. Yeah. But yeah, I think I, I think also, I, you know, I, I felt I feel that too. Of This show is kind of slipping into not being known or talked mm-hmm. about. And I don't really know too many people like I've, I've never I don't think I've ever talked to many people about this show or mm-hmm. been like, Hey, you remember this? Like, I don't know. Like, it was, I the only one watching this show. Like, I don't know. So, well, when I was doing my research, I did find like some discussion forums of people being like, does anyone remember this show? Uh-huh. I used to, and like, they kind of said the same thing. Like I used to record this on VHS and I really liked it. And everyone was like, they should bring this back. Like they mm-hmm. should do a revival of the show. And I agree, you know, having watched some clips, I actually feel like this could this kind of function. Great now. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. 
And I think, I mean, think about how big the hip hop world is now. Mm-hmm. There's so many artists, I'm sure, who would be willing to do something like this and they could make it really fun. I think it's a really cool concept. Probably not for MTV anymore. No, no, they, they're, I don't know what MTV is doing right now. I don't, I don't either. And I want to talk <laughs> about that a little bit because I think this show is a really good example of a really specific time in cable mm-hmm. TV where there was a lot of like, weird shows Mm -hmm. on cable around 2000 um i was very young then to where i probably wasn't watching a ton of more adult cable television shows but i just remember like comedy central and mtv and those kind of stations were really taking risks and there was a lot of weird tv shows Mm -hmm. that you don't see as much of anymore and if anything the risky stuff is on streaming now right mm -hmm. yeah like that just you just saying that made me think of like andy milanakis or like that type of show Mm -hmm. where it's just like I don't really know what this is, but I like it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't feel like that many, there's that many TV shows that are just that wacky, I guess. Yeah, like, and just taking a risk in its overall concept, right? Mm -hmm. And interestingly, from what research I could find, that's kind of the reason it got canceled was it was very difficult to film. Like, the Mm -hmm. studio setting, the way that they had to set up the sketches in addition to the musical element of the show made it Mm -hmm. difficult for them to film, and it wasn't worth it overall, so the network canceled it. It wasn't even because the viewership was bad. It was just like... like, This is a pain. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Too challenging and too weird. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I, I thought in watching it, like, having not seen the show before, it still felt familiar to me because it just fits in that niche of how a lot of cable TV shows felt around that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that was really cool. Did you record a lot of shows on VHS? I recorded so many shows on VHS, <laughs> but it mainly revolved around hip-hop in some kind sure. of way. Like it usually, usually revolved around hip-hop, like, it was either music videos, um, you know, we talked about, uh, Rap City, The Basement, like, yeah. that was a big show for me growing up, and, like, so much of my childhood memories is recording that show. Yeah. And re-watching the freestyles on that show and stuff like that. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about Rap City, but how yes. about first we take a little break for a game, shall yeah, we? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so... <laughs> Of course, I talked to my lovely friend Abby for some inspiration on what I could possibly quiz you on for of some course. trivia. And she said that you're a big fan of Mr. Spike Lee. Is that true? It's very true. Very true. Okay, so <laughs> let's test your knowledge a little bit about Spike Lee, shall oh, we? Oh, Lord. I have, I have horrible memory. Let's do it. Let's do it. What was Spike Lee's first feature film? Is She's Gotta Have It? She's Gotta Have It. You got it. Recently revived on Netflix as well. Uh, segueing from that, Spike Lee played the character Mars Blackman and She's Gotta Have It. He later reprised this role in a series of ads for what iconic piece of footwear? Jordans. Yep. He was in Jordan ads, starting with the Air Jordan 3. Uh, he played that character alongside Michael Jordan and, of course, directed all of the ads. Mm-hmm. You're doing so well. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hello, Spike. <laughs> I'm sure he'd be very flattered by your knowledge. Um, after too many years of not getting the recognition that he deserved, Lee finally won a Best Screenplay Oscar in 2018 for what movie? Ooh, 2018. Was that was that one Five Bloods? Not Five Bloods. It was, I think, his feature before Five Bloods that he did right before it. See, most of my my Spike Lee is in the early days. I don't know. I don't know that one. It's uh, Black Klansman. Oh, okay. Have you seen Black Klansman? Yes, I have. It's good. I like that movie a lot. Um, Okay. 
What Spike Lee classic filmed between Quincy Street and Lexington Avenue in New York had that section of the street renamed after the name of the movie in 2015? Crooklyn? It's Do the Right Thing. Do the right thing. Ah, yeah, ah. yeah. I love Crooklyn so much. I I, I just wanted that. That's to a be deeper that cut. Answer. That's great. It yes, is. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, okay, Spike Lee is of course known as a diehard fan of the New York Knicks. Mm-hmm. While sitting courtside, Lee had an ongoing feud with what Indiana Pacers player? Indiana Pacers. They would scream Re- at each other on the court. Really. Mm-hmm. Um. Reggie Miller? Reggie Miller, you got okay. it. You dug it out there. Good job. <laughs> I'm impressed. That was a better performance than most people for the trivia. So yes. thumbs up to I'm you. I asked some hard questions, so good job. I also love Spike Lee movies, so shout out to Spike Lee. Yes. Great movies. Um Wait, every... I got a question for you. Yeah. What's your favorite? Do you Probably favorite? do the right thing. Do the right thing. I mean it's, it's so an incredible good. movie. So I first watched that in college, in a class in college, and I was like, oh my god, this is so good. And mm-hmm. then I set out to watch more Spike Lee movies like intentionally because I was like why have I not seen enough Spike Lee movies and mm-hmm. they're so good I also want to give a shout out to he directed um like a stage performance of David Byrne who's the lead singer of Talking oh my Heads I American Utopia that. oh my god I need to see that I've seen pieces of it but I haven't seen all of it I've, I like watch it back when I had roommates I like came downstairs and it was on I was like what is this this is amazing so good I'm a huge Talking Heads fan so I watched it like as soon as it was on HBO and it's so good. So American Utopia for the listeners. Get get down with it. Watch it. Um, okay, so let's talk about Rap City because I want to talk about this too. It's kind of in a similar vein to mm-hmm. Lyricist Lounge, but a little bit more, I think, known and mainstream. So can you give us a little rundown of what Rap City is? Yeah, so um, Rap City was running for a long time on BET. Mm-hmm. Uh, Specifically, um, we're talking about Rap City the Basement. Yep. Rap City the Basement was run by Big Tigger was the host. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's supposed to be like I don't know if it was for real, but they set it up like it was at his mom's house. Right. In a basement. <laughs> yep. Um, they would have all these rap superstars come through, everybody you can think of in that time. Ludic- mm-hmm. Ludacris. Uh I just watched a, cl- a clip with Ghostface Killer. But um they would come in and they would just talk about whatever like Mm -hmm. usually the artist would have a project or something coming out so that would be the main thing but yeah they would just chat it up um and i was talking to one of my friends and they were like yeah that was like a podcast almost before podcasts were like popular it kind of was yeah Yeah. down there chatting um but every episode there would be an element um of the guests going into the booth and freestyling with big tigger right and big tigger was really good like, yeah, he always showed up. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he was the host. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so like you said, Rap City is like the larger show. So that mm-hmm. ran for from yeah, 1989 until 2008. So oh, very wait. long time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, on BET, but the basement was a specific part Branch of the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was actually on a set. But most people didn't know that it was a set because uh, it was so well done. So they did. They re- they had me fooled. For yes. Sure. Yes. Um. It was a direct competitor to a show called Yo! MTV Raps. Um, oh, so they yeah. purposely set up uh, Rap City Debasement to compete with that show when it came to freestyling. But what they did better than MTV was they featured unsigned and underground rappers, yes. which MTV was too mainstream to do, mm-hmm. apparently. Um, for a while, the show was a two-hour program, and then up until 2005, and then they shortened it to a one-hour program. So pretty oh, crazy. Wow. Yeah. See, I don't... 
I'm because I feel like I remember it would come on around the time I would get home from school. Um, I don't remember dedicating two hours, but I probably did. <laughs> like just in there. <laughs> and to be fair, I think like the basement format was like an abbreviated portion of that show, but it was still mm-hmm. on for two hours because it was like a music video show yes. outside of that as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so a little information about the the freestyle portion um producer john tucker is credited with the booth segment as it was called um and what appeared to appeared to be the bathroom of the basement right Yeah, there's a toilet in there yes (laughs) (laughs) um so that was literally just made up and added to the set because the producer thought that it would be cool and obviously it worked really well Mm -hmm. um a lot of the artists would sign the booth after they performed right um and that made it extra extra special and they kept apparently the set still after the show ended with all of the signatures of the rappers on it, which is pretty cool. Um, also interesting, throughout most of the 2000s, the freestyle booth was mostly, if not entirely, uncensored, which was rare for Ooh. cable television. Do you remember that at all? You know, now that you say that, I'm like, yeah, they were they were just going for it. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Oh, I wanted to note, too, for Lyricist Lounge, uh, the censored sound that they did was a slapping sound, and it made me laugh every time <laughs> that they did it. But no, I thought that was kind of interesting, because mm-hmm. BET is cable television, right. um, and they didn't censor them. They were just like, hey, man, I got it. Y'all got the floor. <laughs> um, so what about this show is nostalgic to you? You know, I feel like it's all that that same space of me. Um, you know, I'm I was... I still am a person that's just like very much to myself. I like that to myself mm-hmm. kind of um, being in a room and contemplating and stuff like that. And that was just a lot of my childhood. I felt mm-hmm. was like just kind of look discovering all this different music and really um, falling in love with all these different artists mm-hmm. and their musical stylings and, I feel like when you see people freestyle, you see a more uncensored, more unedited portion of that person. And they're just like, all right, let me say whatever comes to my mind. And I just love that aspect of those shows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, freestyling is so impressive. Like Mm -hmm. artists who are really good at it. I mean, it's it's an incredible thing to do. I mean, you're basically writing a song. In some ways, you're kind of writing a poem. Mm hmm. Just out of your brain to a beat, and it's really cool. Was this a big avenue for you when it came to like actually discovering music? Is that how you found yeah, a lot yeah, of the music you yeah. liked? Yeah, so yeah, um, it was very much um, the way that I would get, you know, see what rappers were coming out, and and like you said, Rap City showed like everybody, like mm-hmm. they didn't have to be like super mainstream to right. have their video played on rap city like i i remember like learning more about like the roots and and how much of a struggle it was for them like Mm -hmm. when it first started out and i'm like i didn't know that because i saw your videos on tv so i'm like you guys are famous and sure are killing it you know yeah so yeah they just they showed everybody um on there and they weren't like particularly like oh i'm only gonna play like new york rap or this rap they had a lot of People from the South in there, Three Six Mafia came through, and yeah, I watched um, a Three Six Mafia clip on the nice. show. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and like one of my like when Killer Mike first was starting out, like um, from Run the Jewels, like mm-hmm. he was on there, and he's has one of my favorite freestyles. Really, on that, yeah, he I'll starts to pointing it. to stuff in the room, 
and starts like freestyling off. Like I think there's a little <laughs> mini fridge in there with like stickers and stuff, and he just starts like pointing that stuff. That's and, awesome. And using that in his raps, I'm like, all right, he's he's straight up doing it off the top of his head. Another thing to, that I want to note too is like this music video shows were kind of how people discovered music mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. Yes. Like this was pre iTunes, this was pre YouTube, like pre Spotify, like none of those other avenues for how I get a lot of my music these days existed. Mm-hmm. And music video television was kind of the main avenue, especially when it came to like what was charting, what was a big radio hit. So I know for me, I certainly was not watching Rap City when I was like five years old, <laughs> but. That was, like, any kind of music video show was how I, like, it really informed my taste in music. Yes, 100%. Like, yeah, that was your access point to... Totally. ...the music, and, yeah, you know, once you... Like, I feel like I was, I think I was, like, 12, at least around, like, when Lyricist Lounge was happening and stuff. And that's, yeah. I feel like that's kind of when you start to, like, get away from what was the music that was handed down to you from like your parents and maybe your older siblings or whatever and you're like okay let me like figure out what I like so you know and that was a I guess the basement and recording music on VHS's and stuff was also like a bonding thing with me and my brother like we both would be like have you seen this yet like check this so if I record it like then I can go back and and play it for them and be like, Leo, you see this new music video or whatever, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So were you really into music as a kid then? It sounds I, like you were. My whole life. Okay. Always. Yeah. And Always. you're a musician now. Yes. 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 What, tell, tell the people about like, what does music mean to you? Like, how did you come as an adult to still want to pursue music and have that be part of your life? Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like earlier in my life before I like even tried to do anything musical, um, music was just a way for me to understand like what yeah. was going on around mm-hmm. me. Um, and I've always, even since I was like, well, my whole life has always been listening to rap, whether I should have been listening to it or not. <laughs> like, my mom didn't really have a filter on what she was playing around me. And, you know, my my um, older brother is like five years older than me. So he was putting me on to a lot of stuff. So it was always just a way for me to like understand the world around me. It was also very much a comfort for me sure. as like being someone with anxiety and not really knowing what anxiety was or, or understanding that yeah. I just always had my headphones on and that was like comforting for me. So music initially was always just a, something that um, made me feel that comfort. And then as I got older, probably like in high school and stuff is when I started to kind of dive into my creativity of it. And Parts of my initial um, creativity with the music was freestyling. And like when I started looking back at this stuff, I'm like, oh, wow, I think this stuff really did influence me in doing that because um, my first rap group in high school was just a bunch of my best friends. We would play like popular beats on um, the computer and just freestyle to it but mm-hmm. it was always comedic like it wasn't sure. anything serious at all yeah um and so i'm like yeah i feel like that all the all these shows rap city the basement lyricist loud show all that stuff kind of informed my initial creativity yeah yeah i mean i think that's the case like you said i think you really nailed it when you're like 12 13 that's really the time i think at least for people who feel really connected to music, Mm -hmm. tend to really start informing their own tastes. Mm -hmm. You know, I was kind of in a separate boat. I wasn't 
a rap kid. <laughs> um, I'm a white girl from a tiny Midwestern <laughs> town. So I, I found rap when I was a little bit older and I certainly like rap music, but I'm the daughter of a musician. So I was pounded a lot of music into my head as a kid and it still shapes my music taste today. But I was very much listening to like rock and Motown most of my childhood, mm-hmm. which is great and was a great music education. But I was more closed off to what my own music taste was mm-hmm. until I started getting to be like 13, 14 and being like, oh, like, yeah, that music's cool and I still like it. But I also like something that's a little bit different than that, too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it comes from media like this, like watching yeah. TV shows or sharing music with friends. Like you talk about sharing music with your brother, like stuff like that makes such a difference, I think, in informing your personal tastes. And mm-hmm. if you're really connected to music, that also can shape a lot of who you are in general. Right? Yes. Yes. hundred percent. And and yeah, I feel like another thing, like when I was a kid, um, I was raised by my grandparents. So I cut, I was really left to my own devices a lot. Sure. Um, so I think that helped me too, like at an early age, just kind of be one to explore and I guess I listened to the radio a lot too, and recorded off the radio too. So you record off was, the radio too. Yeah, I guess I was just. How did always, you? How did you record off the radio? What did you use? Just a cassette. Okay. Cassette tape. Okay. Yeah. So I, someone told me that you could put tape over the. They had like these little holes yep. in the cassette tape. Um, if it wasn't like supposed to be used to record on, uh-huh. um, you had to cover up the hole some way so that you can actually use it to record. Oh. Um, but I used to just stick tissue paper in there. I was like, oh, <laughs> tape sounds a little bit better than just like, sticking <laughs> tissue paper in there. Kids yeah. these days will never understand yeah, the struggle. Yeah, this is, yeah, skip past it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fun though. I mean, I think that's such a cool way you know, if you hear something on the radio, you got to wait for it to come on again, right? Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, I want to record that yeah. single that I heard. It was so cool. And you got to wait for it so you can capture it. Um, I think that's such a dedication to wanting to have certain songs, you know? It's, it's very much dedication and also getting pissed off at the radio <laughs> DJ when they start talking. Or, or like cut it off before the yes. end. Like, no, no. <laughs> I'm trying to get all of that. That's so funny. Um, this is kind of a broader question. Like for these shows that we've talked to, talked about today, I think they're both kind of two sides of the same coin, right? Like mm-hmm. one's probably a little bit more mainstream, something that more people are probably more familiar familiar with, whereas Lyricist Lounge is a little more lost to mm-hmm. time. But do you think either of these shows have like a, a more lasting impact on hip hop culture, rap culture? A hundred percent. I mean, the basement, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like that. Um, so many artists came through there. Um, I will still just like think about certain people's freestyles and go look that up. Like, yeah. See, see if I can find that. Um, and I think it around that time, or let's talk about it this way. There, there are so many artists out now who don't have really like a regional sound. I think sure. around that time that Rap City the Basement was out um, is when people started to hear like all like mm-hmm. now they're hearing more of the Southern acts and now they're hearing more of the people like from Chicago or um, from wherever, you know, that isn't New York and isn't um, LA. Yeah. You know, you're starting to get all these other different types of bubbling up of hip hop culture throughout the United States. Um, and that was kind of an access point for that. So now you get these kids who don't really have like, a regional sound because yeah. they had access to all of that stuff 
you know, and they can pull it from whatever yeah. is really influencing them. Um, so I think Rhapsody of the Basement was really important for that. Um, Lyris's Lounge, I don't know how much of a ripple that like made, but I'm sure there's there's people who like me who are like really into that. Yeah. And carry that into whatever creativity that they did. Like, I don't know. I feel like Dang, how am I going to forget this person's name? Because it's a, a major person's name. You're like, how do Childish Gambino? I feel like he might have been someone who watched the Lyricist Lounge show, you know? Yeah, and, and yeah. That, you know, comedic and... Yeah, some humor in his artistic art. Artistic yeah. thing combo together, you know? And I think, too, like, just because it doesn't have an impact on millions of people, mm-hmm. like, that's what the show is about, is, like, the nostalgia and what it means to you personally. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that there's still thousands of other people who have, like, a really specific special place in their heart for this show. And that mm-hmm. it meant something to them and that it informed their creativity or their taste in music. And it taught them something or at least made them laugh Yes, when they're growing up in their mom's basement watching cable TV. Like, I, that's why I got really excited about this selection because it's so specific. But I think that's exactly what nostalgia is about. It, and we've talked about a lot on the show, too. It's not necessarily about the show itself or the thing itself. Mm-hmm. It's the experience that you had mm-hmm. while you were watching that show. The things that you took away from it. Sharing it with your brother. Watching mm-hmm. it in your mom's basement. Like, those are things that stick with you forever. Yes. And that's what nostalgia is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's it's a beautiful thing. Um, I, I was talking to Abigail about that. Like, trying to figure out what, like, my... What what are some of the things that I latch on to creativity? Um, creatively and I feel like nostalgia is one of those things that I like often pull up in my music because I don't know I just maybe I'm living in the past but there's just like a little spark I get when I think about some of those things that you know may be kind of on the edge of being forgotten yeah I'm like well these things are important even if they're just important to me right but I'm sure there's someone else who like if I put some kind of lyricist lounge reference into a song, they'll be like, oh, shoot. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and then yeah. they'll think that you're really cool for it. Because yes. it is cool. And I am cool for And I it. don't think... <laughs> you are. You are. No, I don't think that there's anything wrong with nostalgia. I mean, obviously I have this show, so mm-hmm. I like to live in the past too. But I don't think it's necessarily living in the past. I think it's how has your past informed your present? Yes. How has your past shaped future media, future ways mm-hmm. that you participate in culture, like nostalgia. We have an episode coming out soon that we did on Roald Dahl's books. He's had a very interesting, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, like okay, those okay, kind of books. Okay. Yeah. How, like how does your past inform your present? And just because, cause he's a little problematic these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't devalue the nostalgia that it has for so mm-hmm. much, pe- pe- so many people and the meaning that it has. And I think, you know, we're not really talking about anything quote unquote problematic today, but the meaning of it has probably changed over the years, especially mm-hmm. with a show like Lyricist Lounge that doesn't necessarily have a big footprint in the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it means to people is the same. Yes. Even 20 years after it's been canceled, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, any final thoughts? Um, do I have any final thoughts? Um, I would say go look up some Lyricist Lounge clips. Yeah. Um, they're fun. I'm sure, I'm sure there's some problematic stuff you can find. Definitely. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. No, you're right. A hundred percent. Um, but uh no, it, it was a good time. It was it was it was fun. Um, same thing with Rap See the Basement. Yeah. That, I, I mean that's just such a part of me and 
probably one of the reasons why I do music is yeah. Where can people listen to your music? Oh, so you can find me on Spotify. My name is Adrian Wright. It's W R I G H T is the last name. Um, and also I'm probably most active on Instagram. It's a right underscore 1988. Um, there again, I'm, I'm being nostalgic. I gotta put the year I was born on there. You know? I, mean, I gotta <laughs> let them know what I've been through, but, uh, yeah. Um, you can find me on there. Um, and and you I mean, podcast? I, you have a podcast too? Yes, I do. Um, it's called community meeting with Adrian. And that's on that's on all the streaming things as well. Right um, on, right on, right on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm working. I have a project coming out. It's going to be called The Great Let Go. Um, I don't know when it's coming out. I've been putting out some singles for it. Yeah, I'm just kind of slowly uh-huh. grinding towards that. So that's exciting. Yeah. Well, listeners, check it out. You know where to find them. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. This was really fun and. I want to be on next season. Do you do seasons? Is it... This is, I guess, technically season one. So you'll have to come back. You can come back in season one or season two whenever I decide to start a new season. Yes. All right. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Thank you for joining me on this nostalgia trip. If you liked what you heard, follow the podcast to keep tripping through time with us. And if you're feeling extra supportive, leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Nostalgia Trip Pod for bonus content, episode release schedules, and more. Want to hear a certain topic or have a recommendation for the pod? Email us at nostalgiatrippod at gmail.com. Until next time.